sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. God's blessings be on each of you this morning. It's good to see you all here and to sing and worship God together. Why don't we start with a word of prayer this morning? Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, we ask that you would come and be with us this morning. Lord, pray that you would be with me as I share. Lord, you know you know me. You know my frame and who I am. You know the frailty of my flesh and just all about me. Lord, I pray that you would Calm my heart this morning. Help me to share what you have put on my heart and communicate that clearly, Lord. And um, just that your spirit would be here and work in my heart, Lord. Help me to understand who you are in a clearer light. And we could, we could walk with you in truth and in humility, Father. Just ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, this morning I have, um, I guess, kind of a simple title. Um, it is, Who is God? So that seems pretty simple and elementary. Who is God? We know that God is God. And it can be like, what is there more to say? <laughs> we kind of know who God is, don't we? I guess I would like to add something to that as well as, I guess, kind of a part a second part to that title, Who is God to Me? So first of all, when we think of God, I guess if we go back to the beginning, He is the Creator. He created heaven and the earth. He made everything that is here and that we know. When we um, make something or, you know, we wouldn't, I guess, say we create something, but we make things, we build things. And normally we kind of, you know, unless we give it to somebody else, we kind of call that our own. Like, you know, we, we made this. This is mine. This is my thing. <clears throat> well, God created us. We are his thing. <laughs> and we're very special to him, more than the rest of creation, because he made us in his own image. When people, you know, people make lots of different things, think of music, if Somebody writes a piece of music, they have the author and the composer written up there, and they, we normally say that's, you know, who's, who wrote the song? Whose song is it? Um, when we think of Tesla, we think probably of Elon Musk, <laughs> because he was kind of the founder of Tesla. 
God made us, so we are rightfully his. So he's the creator. That's one thing that, he, that God is. He's a creator. He is the Lord, the Lord of lords, king of kings. In Deuteronomy 10, it says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God and a mighty and a terrible God. So he is the Lord of Lord, lords, which means he is the highest. He is, there's none above him. Um, no one in greater, of, of greater position than him. He is in control of everything. You know, think of the president. Um, he's pretty high in control of things, even though it has to filter down through a lot of other things in order to actually... Um, his, his laws to be put in place or whatever, but he is, um, he's pretty high in power. But God is above him. He is, God is the highest. God is the I am. He says to Moses in Exodus, um, when Moses wondered, he was, God, was trying, God was sending him to the people of Israel and the Egyptians to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt, and God, Moses wondered who should who should he say that God is, and God said, "Tell them that I am." He just is. He is, and he was, and he also is to come. He just is. He is the I, I am, the great I am. And probably the most and the biggest topic that we know of God is that he is love. God is love. It says that, I believe, in John. God is love. It's a big topic. It's a huge thing to look into. Um, So you can turn with me to Romans 11. So this might be kind of an interesting chapter at first uh, glance, or first thought about when we talk about who God is to me and that God is love. Um, but the first part here in chapter 11 of Romans, it says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not that what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel? So it says, God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. God is love. He did not just cast them all away, even though some of them were in unbelief. Um, the scripture maketh, well, okay, it says how he maketh intercession to God against Israel. Oh, I think he's talking about Elias. Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. So it feels like to Elias, that, or was it Elijah, that um, everybody has gone astray, that every, like there's nobody that follows God anymore. Everybody's following after Baal and worshiping him. Sometimes it can feel like that. Everybody's, everybody is against God, or they're just... Who, who's left to, to seek God 
But what saith the answer of God to him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So God is bringing to Elijah's attention that there are people. He has reserved a people of Israel that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And he chose to look at that instead of all the people that did fall away. He chose to um, bring that out to Elias that there was 7,000 people, men, who have not bowed the, bowed the knee to the image of Baal. <clears throat> so God is love. Um, so keep in your mind as we read, kind of, or as I talk about this chapter, uh, who, keep the question in your mind, who is God to me? Or um, how do I see God? Who is God to me? So then Paul goes into um, explaining the stumbling of the Jews and how that came about so that us Gentiles could be could have um, the riches of um, being children of God or the being I guess toward the end there or toward toward the end of the chapter seventeen says talks about um, the branches that we can be grafted in because they have been, some of the Israelites have been cut off um, from the tree. So let's read here in verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches... But if thou boastest, the, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Basically, we are grafted in to God's family. Um, we're not... Yeah, the, the root, the base of the tree, we don't own the base of the tree, but the, the root or the tree owns us. And we need to stand. We shouldn't boast about that we are adopted because it's of God, it's because of God's love that we are adopted into his family and grafted into the tree. We shouldn't boast against the branches. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Paul says, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. So because of unbelief, they were broken off. And the reason we are grafted in is because of faith, because of believing in God. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Then verse 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shalt be cut off. So God is, who is God? God is just and right. He brings, it says here in verse 22, behold the goodness and the severity of God. He is just, and um, 
He delivers justice to those who fall. He cuts those branches off. And he delivers justice to those who stand. He grafts those people in to his tree. That is a real blessing. He will deliver due justice on those who he deems good or righteous. And that is um, by who he deems good are the people that have faith in him because other people are cut off because of unbelief and we are grafted in because of belief or because of faith. So who is God to me? It's very interesting um, that we see in this verse that it depends what we do as it depends what we do is what treatment we get or what happens to us. Um, what we do and the decisions we make basically bring upon us the fruit of those things, of those decisions that we make. If we do good, God's goodness is shown toward us, his extreme goodness, and grafting us into his tree. If we fall, if we do bad, God's severity will fall on us. And it's, it is a very amazing truth and blessing that another thing that God is is that he is um, he's always the same. He never changes. And so therefore, we can depend on him that if we do a certain thing, we will get a certain result. Kind of, well, I guess it um, has to do with the... the um, <coughs> The rule of sowing and reaping. If we sow one thing, we will reap this thing. That's always how it is, because God is always the same. God never changes. How we respond to him will determine what kind of response we will get. Because he has initiated the move. He has sent his son, Jesus, to die for us and to be a remission for our sins, for our badness. And when we respond to that, then we get whatever um, is determined before that we, are, we will receive. So basically, we, we decide how God will respond to us, because he's always the same, but we have a choice um, of what God will bring to us by how we respond to him, if that makes sense. So who is God to me? So I'm trying to tie this in with... <clears throat> Um, faith and belief and unbelief. Verse 23 there, it says, and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, so basically, he's talking about the Jews, if they um, believe and um, turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to, to graft them in again. <clears throat> if we were grafted in, which is contrary to nature, like, you know, you can graft different branches of trees in to um, a tree that's not normally into a, like an ap- a cherry tree into an apple tree. I'm, I didn't look into that specifically, but you can do things like that. They're not natural. But if that can happen, so much more the natural branches can be grafted in to their own olive tree, it says. But 
it's not who is natural and who's not naturally grafted in, but who stands by faith. And that is how we, that's how God um, grafts people in. And that's how he chooses who is good or who is righteous because of faith in him. That is the determining factor. It's not um, works. It's no longer works that make us good or bad, which was what the law was to the Jews. But it's faith in God that makes us that that makes us good or bad that allows us to be grafted into the tree <clears throat> and it is who we believe God is that changes our whole life or in this case I guess it was he was maybe talking specifically to the well about the Jews and if they believe that Jesus Christ was Lord they'll be grafted in. I guess I'd like us to think about who is, how we believe, who we believe God is. And that will change our life and our whole character, our view of God. So I'd like to look at an example um, of that that really blessed me and seemed like it really brought it out in a very good way um, about faith in the Lord and their good view of God. In Numbers 13, you can turn there with me if you'd like. Numbers 13. I believe this is the first um, place where it talks about Caleb and brings his name to the picture. Uh, So Moses sent 12 men into the land of Canaan to spy it out. And so they came back. They said, it is truly a really good land. flows with milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, said the spies. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land and all those other people. But Caleb, in verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So all the other ten spies, it doesn't mention Joshua here, but Joshua and Caleb both um, had this mindset. What was it that made him so bold and like he just said let's go up at once and take it I mean there's no problem at whatsoever we're going to do it there doesn't matter about the children of Anak there doesn't matter about the Amorites the Canaanites the Hittites we can go up and possess it so why did, why did he just come out and say that but the other ten still brought up an evil report of the land and said that it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof and they are men of great stature and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak there, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So then chapter 14, all the congregation lifted their voice and wept because they were just so discouraged that they couldn't go into this, or they were so scared that they couldn't go into the Canaan land and so scared of the people that were there. And they murmured against Moses and Aaron. 
Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel in verse 5. So a lot we could gain from that as well. And then 6 is what I want to uh, start reading. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land, which is also what everybody else said. They all agree that it was a good land. And verse 8, If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, or basically give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. If God delights in us, so it sounds like there's a chance that he wouldn't. But why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he delight in us, or delight in them, to bring them into the land? The truth was, God did delight in them. He had chosen them as a special people to himself, and he delighted in them, wanted to bring them into this good land. Verse 9, it says, Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bread for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation. So, I think what he's saying here is that if we rebel against the Lord and fear the people of the land and don't actually see God for who he is, that he can help us or help them overcome the enemy. If they don't believe that, the Lord will not delight in them and he will not bring them into the land. And we know that that's true. They did not believe God, that he could bring them into the land, and therefore they didn't go. They brought upon themselves the um, destruction and they brought upon themselves the predetermined um, choice that they made because of how they thought about God. <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb saw God for who he was and had faith in God that he could deliver them and he could bring them into the land And God delighted in that, in that faith that he saw in them. And he brought them into the land. We know that Joshua and Caleb came into the land, and the rest of them did not, because of unbelief, because of belief. Because Joshua and Caleb believed God, and they saw God for who he was, that he was able to deliver deliver them, to do what he said he would. And who is God to me? Is God that way to me? Do I see God that way? That he delights in us when we have faith in him. Um, then in later on in that same chapter, chapter 14, um, God wanted to just smite all the people and make a greater and mightier nation out of Moses, but Moses um, interceded for them and 
um, down in 17. Let's start there. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy. That's who he is. He wants to be long-suffering toward us. He wants to have mercy upon us. But yet, if we are unfaithful, his judgment, his severity, will fall on us. It says, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. And then Moses asks, pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. So, God's glory will fill the earth in some way or form. He will get glory. He says it clearly right here. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. So basically, our choice um, changes us from being outside of that glory of the Lord or inside the glory of the Lord and being kind of, I'm not sure how to explain it, swept along with the glory of the Lord in a sense. Like Caleb and Joshua, they believed the Lord and they believed that the Lord delighted in them to bring them into this good land and therefore they got to go in because God's glory, God says his glory will fill the earth. He will get glory in the earth. And he did. And um, Caleb and Joshua were part of that. They, they got to go along with that. Because they got to go into the promised land. <clears throat> I found it interesting that um, I think that all when they went into the promised land, Joshua and Caleb were the oldest people. I don't know how old they actually were, but all the rest of the people were 40 years old and under. I think I'd probably known that before, but it didn't quite stand out to me like that. So, chapter 14 again, verses 38, or 37, even those men that did bring up the evil upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. So if we believe God, we will live still. <laughs> we'll have um, be part of that, that living tree. We can be grafted into the living tree. They had life because of their faith. So in Deuteronomy 1.36, Moses was telling the people of Israel about how they responded in the past about this specific place and how none of them got to see the promised land because they all died in the wilderness in the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him will I give the land that he has trodden upon and to his children because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Follow the Lord with his whole heart. Also, in verse 14, I think I missed that. It says in verse 24, chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit within him and followed me wholly, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. So if we follow the Lord wholly, he will bring us into the land, and he will give us life. 
Caleb saw God in a totally different way, totally different light than the others did, than the other spies. And that is what changed his character from becoming like the other spies. That's what changed his outcome. Because he had a clearer picture of who God is, what God does, and the power of God, that, that changed his whole life. It changed his, his outcome. What do we want our outcome to be like? Do we want it to be a good ending or a bad ending? It depends how we see God as to what our outcome is. So turn back to Romans 11. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, on them which fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness, and toward Joshua and Caleb, goodness, because they continued in his goodness. We can continue in his goodness. We have that choice to do that. Otherwise, we will be cut off if we fall. But God is full of mercy that if we fall, we, have that, we still have that choice as long as we are living to return to God and believe him. And I would like to bring it down to um, our everyday life, not just this big, you know, theology and mystery that God is up there and how we see God somehow will change us, who we are down here. (laughs) It can feel kind of disconnected. Um, But I believe it does affect our everyday life and who we are. It affects who 